Today is Monday, June 1st, 2020. Welcome to June, everyone. And uh, welcome to another episode of the Sports Talk Podcast here on the wherever you're listening to. Uh, I am your host, Adam Zucala, and uh, I just want to first start off today uh, with the fact that if you didn't know, I didn't have an episode on Friday. Um, I just took the day off. I, I, you know, I'm not doing much around this time of, you know, being inside and trying to stay as uh, healthy and as clean as I can to, you know, uh, you know, so we can stop the spread of the coronavirus. But I just said, you know, I'll, I'll take a day off. I, I, um, you know, I did some things around the house, you know, I did, you know, just did some little things and I, and I thought I just needed a little break from this. Uh, and no, there also, there was, there was some news, but there wasn't also a lot. That's what also, also, that's what also, uh, contributed to my decision of whether I do a Friday episode or not. But we come back today on Monday, uh, after a weekend where we've actually had a bit of news, um, mostly dealing with, we're going to start off with soccer today as MLS is moving to group training now instead of individual they're moving to group training uh and as well as that uh there has been an agreement on playing in Orlando in that tournament style of play uh we'll discuss that and even uh first ever time on the podcast the Canadian Premier League uh and where they hope to play uh where they hope they play or they're they're uh talking about possibly playing in PEI if they return to play uh, then we'll move on to the MLB, and as we know, the MLB, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but they lowered of what a player would receive instead of the 50-50. They could, only, they could lose up to 70-plus percent of their salary, and the players have come back with their own proposal. We'll talk a bit about that. We also have uh, NHL news uh, dealing with uh, you know what will go into them testing uh every day when they resume play in a hub city and how will that work and how much will it cost and what is it you know what's what's the decency about it we all know you know a lot of people know why but we'll get into it a bit more and then we end our on the nfl the nfl um roger goodell released a statement uh last week late last week about what could possibly happen this week and over the future uh in in the few in the next few weeks uh, to come and also what will happen at the start of the year so we'll, we'll get into a bit of that so why not hey, it's monday back on the uh daily grind you've either ever you're working you know at home or you know you're you're you're, you're working around the house or whatever you're doing uh you know sit back <laughs> if you want you know you know, work hard, whatever we're going to do. We got pot, we got an episode to do here. So let's get right into it. We're going to start off with some soccer. Okay. So this was one of the, I think this was one of the things on Friday uh, that I, I could have done within an episode or would have been on Saturday. It was ever on Saturday or whatnot. But obviously, like I said, I just wanted, I just wanted to take a day off. So I did. So this is the MLS. They had their individual workouts and now they're allowing group workouts whoever they're allowed to. So this is what it reads. Major League Soccer is moving ahead with small group training sessions, uh, providing they are not in conflict with local health or government policies. The 2016 league 
which suspended play on March 12 due to the coronavirus, allowed individual work, outdoor player workouts at team training centers as of May 6th. Uh, so it's now been a month since then. It had taken some clubs longer than necessary uh, than uh, to get the necessary approval for individual training, like we said with Montreal Impact, uh, New York Red Bulls, New York City FC, uh, DC United. The, those those last three teams, obviously, um, you know, they're kind of in like the 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 in the areas that had the most um, cases, right? If you if you go on Google, look up coronavirus tracker or whatnot, it'll show you a map, uh, the circle in New York and somewhat in DC massive so that's probably why they're taking so long and in montreal we discussed it on the podcast before to the fact that um quebec and you know quebec city and montreal area um were hit the hardest uh so yes they only did not get the green light until last week chicago fire fc and san jose earthquakes have yet to begin their individual workouts uh you know so there's still teams (laughs) <laughs> that had been waiting a month to get approval, which is still kind of crazy, but that's what I mean by staying home, staying safe and staying healthy at the end of my podcast. Because if you want to watch sports, if you want to see sports happen, this is the only way we're going to get it. Right. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps sporting director, Axel Schuster said work is underway to uh, progress to small group training, which like the indiv- individual sessions will be voluntary. We are encouraged by by this next step from the league and are well prepared for it. Schuster said in the statement, safety will always be our top priority throughout this pandemic. We have uh, remained in constant communication with our local and provincial health authorities. And as well as the league, we have proactively worked with the office of provincial health, uh, with the office of provincial health officer and prepared uh, safe and secure protocols for our next steps. We will submit our plan to the league today, uh, which would have been, I don't know when this was, you know, uh, written or whatnot, but um, probably over Saturday or the, over the weekend. Um, um, with the goal of starting our small group training sessions early next week. Uh, said Toronto FC, we're working uh, on our plan internally and coordin- coordinate and, and in coordination with the league, Toronto Public Health and the province to uh, uh, and the pr- province to ensure that any potential changes are meeting the health and safety regulations set in place, which is our highest priority. The Montreal Impact uh, said that they have, they have sent their plan to local authorities for approval. So, and they just, once again, so they were just doing individual. Now they're like, we're sending another one in for uh, a group, which is kind of crazy, uh, but we're going to get into that of where what this can mean. Gatherings of more than five people, with exception to those who live together, remain illegal in Ontario because of COVID-19. The limit is 10 in Quebec and representing representing a maximum of three households. The limit is in BC, British Columbia, is 50. So uh, about that actually five in Ontario, I, I, I looked up about that because my buddies and I are planning to try and get together and do something. And apparently around this week, sometime this week, we should, people in Ontario should start, you know, hearing or hearing, you know, the talks of, you know, elevating that, um, you know, social gathering uh, range to go up uh, to possibly 10 sooner or later. So we should start hearing about it this week and we'll hear about when they will lift it or, or like, you know, raise that, uh, you know, the number higher. 
The league is reported looking to resumption of play it later this summer in one hub city, possibly Orlando area. We'll get to that actually in a second. MLS players will remain, will maintain physical distancing protocols and small group training. Um, as with the individual sessions, teams will have to provide the league with club-specific plans that have been reviewed and approved by club medical staff and local infectious disease expert. Um, the blueprint will build on health and safety protocols implemented for the individual sessions. The protocol calls for a maximum of six players in a group with physical distancing rules coming into play. Club can divide uh, each full field into two halves, assigning a group of players to each segment and half field can be split up into six zones spaced at least 10 feet or three meters apart. Only one player may be in a zone at any given time. Players can pass the ball and shoot on goal within a group, providing they maintain physical distancing. Other rules include bearing goalkeepers from spitting on their gloves, which must be sanitized after each training. So it's just uh, most of the same stuff that we've, um, you know, heard or, or read of, um, you know, going into their individual training and even also other sports, right, of what they're doing. So it's basically the same, just more people and, you know, you're going to have to maintain physical distancing, which which is pretty simple, plain and simple, right? So let's move on now to uh, Orlando because they just mentioned that a little bit in the last um, article. And now this is taking a big leap. As players... The MLB or MLB, the MLS players agree to concessions um, to return to action in Orlando. So this is what it says: MLS players have approved taking part in a summer tournament in Orlando, agreeing to a package of economic concessions for the revamped 2020 season. In the process, 2016 league suspended play March 12th. Yes, okay, two weeks into their season. The the MLS Players Association said in the release Sunday evening that its membership had voted to accept salary reductions across the entire player pool, uh, reduced team and individual bonuses, and additional concessions to existing and future terms of the CBA. While a difficult vote is incredibly uh, in its incredibly challenging times, it was taken collectively to ensure that players can return to competition as soon as they are safe to be able to do so, said the MLSPA. The package has been formally submitted to the league for a decision by the owners. In February, the league and the MLSPA agreed to uh, agreed to an agreement in principle on a new collective uh, CBA that covers five seasons from 2020. But because of the coronavirus, the deal never got any formal approval by the MLS Board of Governors and the MLSPA membership. Under the deal announced Sunday, the CBA will be extended by a year. Uh, the league uh, declined uh, to take any comments. With soccer on the sidelines and two si- and the two sides have been discussing on wages with the league on hiatus, a source with knowledge of the talks, not authorized to speak publicly because negotiations have been private, said in April the league has proposed uh, guaranteeing players 50% of their annual salary if no more games are played this season. The percentage of pay will rise if more games are played. Uh, how much more would uh, how much more would depend on how many games are on how many games and whether they are played before fans. Players earning one under $100,000 U.S. would not be affected. The minimum salary for players on a team senior roster is 81375 this year. The minimum for those on the reserve roster, usually the younger lads, is around uh, 63547 The MLSPA did not say what they had agreed on in Sunday's statement. So, 
it's 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 mostly just this. They've said whatever. So whatever um, they've agreed on here, they say we like this idea. We're going to play in this tournament. Uh, once again, I I don't understand why. I mean, they they still just started their year, right? So it is kind of tough to just you know have the rest of your year from the start, you know, in Orlando. Like, like what I mean by that is like you know you look at the NBA and they they would just play their playoffs in Orlando, or you know if they play a few more games in the regular season, right? Their season's done, so they won't be there for you know so long. The MLS, however, just started their year, so playing their whole entire year there would be kind of tough now that's why i see them i i this tournament but i don't understand why they would do it like it, it's just a whole you know you do this or you do this you know and i i'm just kind of like what are they doing uh but so whatever they voted on here because obviously they've agreed to something but they said they they did not say what they had agreed on means that they, they've either either agreed on a way to pay their players they might have agreed on playing in orlando um you know now just all up to the board of governors whether to say we like this idea let's go with it right so then you move into you know getting all the teams down there so the mls if you really think about it depending on what they talked about here and you know how much is left depending on what they really agreed on fully whether it is one thing or multiple things they're very close to returning. The only matter will be is getting the teams now down to Orlando, and then you start the whole process of what's going to happen. Uh, you know when they're there. Uh, there also will probably need to be a leaked statement of about what it what is what, what is this tournament going to entail. You know something like what Gary Bettman did with the NHL last week, uh, uh, entailing about the 2014 playoff, and you know. Uh, the, so on and so forth. So you, so that's really all that might be left, but we don't know, right? So it all just depends on uh, timing and the numbers. The numbers are a big deal right now, right? Uh, so it's very exciting here for the MLS, and obviously we've seen ever soccer leagues go back now, and they're the first ones back. Uh, obviously they don't in you know Europe they don't really have you know hockey or or. Um, they don't have hockey or, or not like I'm not saying they don't have hockey, but I'm not they don't have like a major hockey league or they don't have a major uh football league. Um uh, they don't have, you know, uh basketball, major basketball leagues there. So it's really um and you know, you know, you look at saying soccer's back there, okay, yeah, because it's their best sport. I just dropped my pen. Uh so that's why they're back first, but I think it could also be said about here. Yes, we have all these other leagues, but it's it's. I feel like it's one of the easiest sports to come back to. All right. So there you go. All right. Last last thing here on the soccer news, and then we're going to move on to our next segment. But first time ever, like I said, the Canadian Premier League, a league that was just uh, you know it was founded a few years ago, played their first year last year. Um, they were looking to resume play in PEI. Uh, so, you know, it will be the funny thing. This article opens up with UFC had fight Island. Now the CP CPL is looking towards Prince Edward Island. The PEI government confirmed Thursday that it was, that it has been approached by Halifax's, uh, HFX Wanderers FC to see 
if our province would be interested in hosting the Canadian Premier League 2020 season. The CPL is currently searching for a safe location to play its entire 2020 season, and the Halifax Wanderers thought our island would be a good fit, said the province's Department of uh, Economic Growth, Tourism, and Culture added in a statement. We are working through the stages of figuring out the details and how we could host the CPL on our island. We would love to host the 2020 season as it would be a huge impact for our island's economy. However, the health and safety of islanders uh, always comes first. There are many health guidelines and restrictions that will need to be reviewed and approved by our uh, chief medical uh, health office. Once these are approved, we'll put together a package to bid as a host for the CPL. The CPL has uh, said it had no comment at this time about this situation. PEI has been looking to host several Halifax Wanderers games prior to the pandemic. As of Thursday, PEI had reported 27 confirmed cases of COVID-19 with no deaths. The province plans to uh, further relax restrictions on June 1st, which is today. Organized recreational activities and team sports will be uh, will be allowed throughout modifications. Uh, all, uh, or sorry, uh, allowed although modifications will be required based on the level of physical contact involved. The 18 CPL was scheduled to start second season on April 11th, but postponed the kickoff on March 20th, saying it, it was following Canadian soccer's uh, Canada soccer's decision to suspend all sanctioned soccer activities and COVID-19 directives by government governments and health officials banning public gatherings during the global pandemic. The suspension of the regular season came one week after the CPL said it was halting preseason training for all its clubs for 14 days. The league had remained on hiatus since then. Now the CPL is looking to resume training, although it may be staggered return depending on local health and government restrictions. Since suspending play, the league has asked the federal government for financial assistance during this global pandemic. The league has asked Ottawa, which is where the Canadian government is, for those who might not know, and they use the term Ottawa to talk about the government. I don't really like them using that term, but okay. Uh, for short-term financing of $15 million, saying it's working on any and all scenarios related to playing a season in 2020. CFL Commissioner David Kal- Kalanachan said the league needed help in the form of bridge financing. The league has already uh, moved to control costs. Players are having uh, 25% of their salaries deferred, while coaches, technical staff, and the club and league employees are taking unspecified pay reductions during this challenging time in order to keep as many people as possible employed. So, the CPL. Now, I don't know, I'm not going to get into, you know, what the government said to them because I didn't really want to look that up. And, you know, I can't rip them uh, because, you know, they're just a small little league, right? Uh, So first things first, right? PEI. It's mentioned here. I went the wrong way. Turn my page the wrong way. Hang on. 27 confirmed cases of COVID-19 with no deaths. I'm going to tell you something. When I've been looking at these stats, I've been looking at these stats weekly, you know, a few times daily over these past what is now going to month number three now? I don't think PEI has had a confirmed case of coronavirus in maybe a month and a half. I'm very serious. They had around 25, you know, maybe late March. And then they've gotten two since then. And everyone has, like it says, no confirmed deaths. Everyone has recovered from it. So, I'm very serious in saying PEI is 
I think a given location, if a league as big as the CPL or, you know, you know, like as in size, as big as in size, you know, to go play there. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw that PEI had that many cases, it was around when they had 25, 26 and no one died or no one and there. None of them were deaths and around 23 of them were, uh, um, you know, recovered. When I saw that, I said, wow, the NHL should go play there. That would be actually fine if the NHL plays there. But when you really look at it, you say, well, Gary Bettman wants them to have, you know, broadcast, no broadcasting problems. Like, you know, they, they only have one, one or two rinks there being the civic center and the Summerside uh, PEI rink. I don't know what it's called. Uh, where their junior junior A team plays, and then the Charlottetown Civic Center, or where no, what's it called now? The East Link Center, I think it's called the Bell East Link Center. I don't know what's called. That's where the PEI, or sorry, Charlottetown Islanders, uh, play. So you got two rinks. Are they up to NHL standards? As in, as in, you know, broadcasting abilities. You know, all the operations. No. Uh, would PEI have enough room for all those players? I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know. I feel like it's a possibility, but I don't know. So that's what I really thought when I saw, uh, you know, PEI having that many cases. I was like, wow, you know, it's perfect. But then I've, I think like the next week or so, the MLB came out, or not the MLB, the NHL said they were looking for like a, you know, big enough to have, you know, broadcasting and operate, like to, to operate basically. We need enough room to operate and we need to have the technology to operate. Uh, so like a city like PEI, or sorry, not a city, a province like PEI, a city like Charlottetown or Summerside would not be good. So, I mean, but like I said, for a league like the CPL, kind of small Canadian soccer league, I think it would be fine. Uh, where would they play? I don't really know. I mean, they, there's there's uh, the University of PEI that's there. They probably got a soccer field there. Um, oh, geez. I, I honestly, I got to look up because I've been to PEI many times. I have family that lives in PEI. I've been there maybe uh, throughout my life, spent five, six times. So I know, I know what's kind of there. Um, I'm talking about more of the West side of the uh, Island, uh, you know, where Charlottetown is and uh, you know, a few of the beaches are. And, but I, I, I'm just going to say it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that bad of an option for the CPL. So We'll see how this goes. It'll be pretty interesting. I, I, I wonder if they actually get their season up and running. Uh, if they will um, broadcast these games and if people will watch them, because I'm pretty sure uh, anyone will watch them. And also, speaking of the CPL, did anyone see the Ottawa Atletico uh, home kit? Uh, you know, it's kind of basically going off of what Atletico Madrid play uh, wears. Uh, you know, because Atletico Madrid is, uh, uh, you know, uh, the 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 home or the the, the main. Uh, the main team or whatever they're under, like they're at the top of the umbrella or the, what do you want to say? They're at the top of the, they're at the top of the pyramid. Atletico Madrid's at the top of the pyramid in Ottawa. Atletico is one of the other, um, uh, you know, uh, levels of the pyramid. So if anyone saw that, you could look it up. I, I, I mean, they, they can't do anything, you know, crazy because it's a classic traditional team as Atletico Madrid are, but I think they're pretty good for, uh, you know, what they're going to wear. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna come. Uh, we're gonna come back and talk about MLB news and and what apparently there was a source that said the MLB players proposed their own uh, deal and you know their own way to end the year or have a season to the MLB and this is gonna be pretty interesting. Uh, so we'll do that when we come back. So we'll be back right after this. 
All right, so just before I move on to the MLB news, I just kind of looked up, uh, you know, soccer fields and PEI, and, you know, just uh, where's kind of some basis uh, or basic uh, soccer fields are at. And there's actually a few uh, soccer complexes that have maybe one or two, sorry, not one or two, uh, two or three soccer fields. So I don't think it would be that big of a problem for the CPL to play uh, games there. I like, but it's mostly the fact that can you get like kind of a secluded one, uh, a secluded area where it won't be? Because a lot of those complexes, though, are just, uh, you know, open fields. So it's like really for minor soccer, or, you know, uh, something like a recreational soccer league, you know, for adults. Uh, so there's not like, uh, you know, you know, where the benches, where the players sit. Uh, there's not like that overhanging area for the, so they don't get rained on. There's no like, uh, it'll be it'll be weird to see, but we'll see how that all plays out. So, uh, but we could worry about that later. All right, so let's move on to the MLB. So apparently, there's a uh, uh, Associated Press report that the MLB players proposed 100 uh, 114 game season, uh, but they do not have any salary cuts. Obviously, we know that the MLB players have not been so happy. Uh, with the fact that uh, the MLB is saying, if we play, we're not uh, paying you full. Um, and Blake Snell has been very lo- vocal about it. Bryce Harper. Uh, and we're going to get into that here and of what what this proposal is. So here we go. Major League Baseball players ignore claims by clubs that they need to take additional pay cuts. Instead proposing they re- instead of proposing they receive a far higher percentage of salaries and commit to a longer schedule as part of a counteroffer to start the coronavirus delayed season. Players proposed a 114 game regular season Sunday up to 82 in management's offer. Oh, up from 82 games from the management op- management's offer. That's the MLB. Uh, a, per- a person familiar with the plan told the Associated Press. Done that way, the World Series could extend past American Thanksgiving. So unlike in Canada where Thanksgiving is in October, American Thanksgiving is in November. So that's what that's what they're saying. A person spoke to the Associated Press on conditions of an uh, an, anonymity because no details were announced. Opening day would be June 30th, so in a month, basically, and the regular season would end October 31st, nearly five weeks after the 27th, September 27th conclusion that the MLB's proposal stuck to from the season's original schedule. The union offered scheduling flexibility to include uh, more doubleheaders as baseball crams the games into 123 days, leaving little room for days off. The MLB's proposal Tuesday would lower 2020 salaries from about $4 billion to approximately $1.2 billion. The union's offer would have salaries total about uh, $2.8 uh, 2. billion. Uh, the plan was given to the MLB during... An 80-minute digital meeting among Commissioner Rob Manfred, Deputy Commissioner Dan Hallam, Union uh, Union Head Tony Clark, and Union Chief Negotiator Bruce Meyer. The meeting was contentious. A uh, person f- uh, familiar with it said, uh, "Like MLB, the union would increase postseason teams from 10 to 14, but unlike MLB, the players' proposal would extend the postseason about a month past its usual end." Uh, MLB, the MLB said it was worried about the second wave of coronavirus outbreaks in the autumn. While management proposed an expanded postseason for 2020 only, the union only uh, the union offered it for this and this year and next year. 
Players propose new events that could increase revenue, such as a postseason or offseason all-star game and or slash home run derby to wear broadcast microphones on the field and to anticipate and to participate in television programming away from ballparks. They also asked for $100 million more in salary to be advanced during the resumption of spring training. A player would receive about 70% of his salary or 114 uh, of 160 seconds. Uh, That was a weird number to say for some reason under the union plan. The union and the MLB agreed uh, March 26th that players would receive prorated shares of salaries. Uh, part of a deal in which the off season or which the season is scrapped uh, each uh, in which this sorry, which the season is scrapped. Each player was guaranteed service time for 2020 matching what he earned in 2019. The union also uh, also was guaranteed $170 million in salary advances. While the union says salaries were dealt uh, with then the agreement covered only games in regular season ballparks and with fans, the deal called for good faith negotiations uh, for games without fans or at neutral sites, MLB told the union that players would only get 89% of revenue with a 100 uh, with an 82 game schedule with prorated salaries, and clubs would combine to lose 640 thousand dollars for each additional game. The union has questioned the accounting. MLB's offer called for spring training to resume in mid June, and for the season to start around the 4th of July. The club proposal would take the prorated salaries and reduce them again in a sliding scale. Uh, those at 563,500 at the, at the minimum, basically, will get about 47, 47%. And those at the top, like Mike Trout and Garrett Cole at 36 million, would receive less than 23% of their salary. This is why they're now proposing this, because they have said, I will be stop proposing stuff to us. Because we don't like what you're doing, so let's bring something to you. Management proposed 200 million of those salaries, uh, dollars of those salaries, would be con- uh, contingent on the postseason's completion. All players would have have the right to opt out of the season under the union plan. Those who meet qualifications for high risk or reside with a person who qualifies as high risk would receive salary and major league service. Others who opt out would receive major league service time, but no salary. If the postseason was not held because of a second wave, the union plan calls for $100 uh, $100 million in salary to be deferred with interest payable in November 2021 and November 2020. Only players who original 2020 salaries were $10 million or more would be subject to having, having money deferred. Union estimates... High payroll teams will have up to $70 million in payroll relief, uh, that person said who reported to the Associated Press. So big news here because you look at this, right, and you say the MLB absolutely made a laughing stock of themselves, I think, on Friday or Wednesday, right? Wednesday, I think it was. And that was just absolutely garbage. Like, I, I, if I was a player and I said, and they came up to me and said, you are going to get paid 50% of what you were going to get paid this year. I would have been like, okay. I mean, I like, if I was a good player and I got like, say 20 million a year, I would have been like, okay, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you know, like, come on now. Like, what's that all about? Like, I mean, a lot of players were angry. We know that. But then. They said, okay, okay, we'll fix something and we'll do this. We'll just have a sliding scale 
factor, which means if you have a high salary, you're going to get only, what did it say here, 23%? 23% of what you're going to get? Like, what? What? Like, that's garbage. That's absolutely garbage. Like, like, and I don't know how long they've been working on this, you know, whether it took them a day or two or, or, you know, if it took them, because this was, this was last night. Uh, this happened, you know, yesterday. So what if, or maybe Saturday night or whenever the, this article is written yesterday, this meeting could have happened on Saturday or on Friday. So it either could have been, could they've made this within two days? Could they've made this within three days? Maybe even four days. So I, I, I don't know whether or not uh, how when this was made, right? When they're when they when they how long have been they wor been working on this proposal? So did this come after the fact that they had that sliding scale and they said stop, stop talking, stop doing stuff? Like we are gonna do something here, and you guys are gonna have to discuss it because we don't like what you guys are doing. And honestly, if the MLB, I mean, yes, they might have to take pay cuts. Yes, I know that. But if the MLB does not recognize that their second offer there with the sliding scale was so dumb, they might have a problem. Uh, because that was just idiotic of them. The players say, we are not playing unless we get money. And then they come back and say, if you play, you're going to get way less than what we first offered you. Like, the, come on now. Like, that's just so stupid. So, I, I mean, 114 games, though, like, holy jeez. Like, that's just a lot. And like they said, there's only... How how much are they trying to cram in here? Uh, what did it say here? 123 days. So there's only nine days of break, technically. Um, MLB teams, I don't know how much they get. They get maybe around, I think, 15 break days a year. Depend it depends on the All-Star game, right? If there's an All-Star game or not. Because uh, All-Star game, if you're not playing in the All-Star game, you get a whole week or so, you know, you get a whole week. That's seven right there. Seven or more. Even, like, they, honestly, it could be even nine, depending on your schedule. You could have you could have as many break days as you might have in this, in this proposal than you would in a year or just in a week because of the All-Star break. Right? So they get, let's just say they get around 15 to 20 a year. So that means they'll have to have at least... Uh, you know, five, teams would have to get at least five or six doubleheaders, uh, like days of just they, they have two games in a series played, you know. So, I mean, it's possible, you know, obviously you go to the minors, minor leagues, and, and they do that there. They do they do those double, uh, they do those double, uh, doubleheaders. So it's not like it's a big problem or anything, but if they, they, they'd have to figure that out. That's just me. Um, I think a lot of people would agree on me on that one with that. They would have to do it. And like they said, they, they, they will do it, but they'll just have to fit in somewhere. Um, I don't know what the MLB will say about this. Obviously, I think the MLB is really stuck on the players will not take salary cuts this year. I, I they don't, they, they, they're very fixated on that. Uh, so we'll have to, we'll have to see how this goes. And you know, I was, I was, when I was going up to my college on Friday, this would, it was, you know, I would have, I would have been done the podcast, but I didn't do it. And I was talking to my mom about this. I said, Mom, they're set of what they want to do. 
It's just the money factor of this. Uh, if they could figure out the money, then they're probably clear as daylight. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's a wait and see world. Again, like I have to say on here, right? All right. So when we come back, we're going to have some NHL news about uh, what their plans are to test players uh, when their play resumes. So we'll be right back uh, after this short break. All right, so we're back here. And now after last week when Gary Bettman talked about what a 2014 playoff format will look like in the draft lottery, now comes the questions about safety. And, you know, uh, the article kind of goes like this. Nick Foligno watches Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's coronavirus briefings and appreciates the value of the information. It is part of the reason the Columbus captain supports the NHL players undergoing daily testing if season resumes. Testing is a must because it's the only way you're going to know and feel confident every time you step onto the ice that everyone is in the same boat as you and you could play the game to the best of your ability, Foligno said. The first North American professional sports league to announce its format for a potential return to competition also has a, com- a comprehensive COVID-19 testing strategy. There are screening protocols in place for voluntary workouts and training camp in the hands of individual teams. Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly also said the NHL plans to test all players every day when games start happening. We will have a rigorous daily testing protocol where players will are, uh, are tested every evening and those results are obtained before they would leave their hotel rooms the next morning. So we'll know if they have if the if we have a positive test and whether the player has to self-quarantine himself as a result of that positive test daily set. It's expensive, but we think it's really a, a, a but it's really a foundational element of what we're trying to accomplish. Each test approximately costs $125, the league says, and Commissioner Gary Bettman's estimated $25,000 or to $35,000 will be needed to get through the playoffs. The, a price tag he concedes of millions of dollars, but athletes have plenty of concerns about risking their health to get to get back to work, and regular testing is something players insist on. You'll need testing at a level at, at a level sufficient to be com- uh, confident that you're going to be on top of everything uh, which might happen. NHL Players Association Executive Director Don Fier said, "If that turns out to be daily, and if that's available, that's okay. That will be good. If it turns out that's not quite what we need, and and we need and we can get by with little less, that's okay." Infectious disease expert Dr. Amesh Adalja joins Johns joins the Johns Hopkins University Center for Health Security. Uh, isn't quite sure how often athletes should be tested to ensure they're virus-free. He said testing the German soccer will help other leagues determine the right frequency, which also depends on the type of quarantine and expo- exposure risk players will ha- will have. We do know that people uh, have have increased contact with each other uh, that have increased contact with each other are going to have the going to have more opportunity to spread the virus and hockey is one of the sports where individuals do have a lot of contact with each other Adal just said I do say that they're going to have to be more aggressive than other leagues in terms of testing while players vary on their general concern about contracting the virus by resuming season many seem to be on board with the frequent testing Having it each and every day begins to limit the potential of, of getting the virus. Edmonton player representative Darnell Nurse said, uh, 
if that's what it takes, that's what the professionals who are who are in this field and tackle these challenges every each and every day, if that's what they believe, believe is the best option, then that's the way to that's the way you have to go. Teammate Connor McDavid and Toronto captain John Tavares, who are members of the NHL slash NHLPA return to play committee, deferred to experts on how often players should be tested. McDavid added, "I think you 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 have to get tested uh, in a time like this, and should be tested." Uh, uh, wait, hold on, hold on. And you you want to get tested as frequently as you uh, as you can to catch it right away. Daily said one person testing positive for the coronavirus will not necessarily necessarily mean another pause for the NHL. League wide testing uh, done daily would allow the isolation of an infected player, coach, or staff member to start before the start of an outbreak. If one guy tests positive, I see it as unlikely that the other guy uh, other guys don't test positive. But in assessing everyone, I have to believe that they'll probably find it. Montreal uh, player rep Paul Byron said. What would happen if half your team or four or five guy, four or five or six guys test positive at one time? See, that's then a problem, right? Well, what will the NHL do from there? League and team officials have stressed that they would only use a thousand tests uh, if that number does not endanger the supply for the general public. A concern Adalja uh, broached for all sports. Batman said medical experts told the NHL. That by the t- by the time games could resume this summer, twenty five thousand to thirty thousand would be a relatively insignificant number. Adal just said the league partnering with an with a national chain for testing could keep it from infer- in- interfering with public safety. Uh, though it is difficult to predict what availability uh, will be like in late summer. He also said the cost and availability depends on whether the NHL would be would use more expensive but more reliable PCR tests, the nose swabs, or rapid ant- antigen tests that can have less sensitivity. Protocols for voluntary workouts and training camps require PCR testing uh, where available, and Daly said the NHL continues to study the potential use of antigen testing. Part of the decision on which the city hosts games is the amount of COVID-19 present in the community. Batman hopes the com- uh, combination of going to a place with less of it testing frequently and putting players in a quarantine uh, bubble of of sorts means less likely for anyone to con- contract it. The players putting faith in the league to keep them healthy hopes that hopes that hopes that uh, hope that it turns out to be correct. Uh, staying on top of everyone is going to be a good challenge for our training staff and and the onus on the players in making sure everyone's safe. Carolina captain Jordan Stahl said, it's going to be different. It's going to be some interesting hurdles, but hopefully if we get back on the ice, I'm sure the guys will find a way to jump through them. So yeah. So the, what, like what this is basically saying here is that we don't know, right? Like obviously NHL does not know whether they, obviously they said they will do tests daily. But at what cost, uh, right? Because they said one hundred. It's one hundred twenty-five dollars right now. Probably, I think that's U.S. per test. Um, you know what? How much would that cost? You know how 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 much would those supplies cost? You know, in late July, late like early August or even late August. Um, you know, would they even really need to test players daily? You know, based on their movement and where they're going in that bubble um so yeah it's like it's mostly just um 
how how obviously the NHL wants to be the most safe. They want to be the safety is their top priority, right? But like I said, at what cost? You know, um, if the numbers keep going down, do they do tests more often, or do they do tests less often? You know, depending on where that's you know in that area, right? Um, you know, what type of tests do they do? Do they start with like the higher, you know, the higher um, the tests that you know are not as you know that cost more, but then kind of lower down to the tests that don't cost as much, and you know. Um, you don't need as much resources to do them, right? So it all just depends. Or does it even take like a heat check, you know, at some point, right? Just like the, the heat check scanner, beep, there you go. You know, that's that's what that's what it all matters, you know. Are they going to be consistent with their testing or are they going to switch it up every time or, you know, every few weeks or, you know, it all just depends on the numbers. And so that's really what this means. All right, so... When we come back, we have, uh, you know, just kind of a recap of what the NFL, uh, Roger Goodell said in a in a meeting over the past weekend and what their upcoming season and what the rest of the, the offseason uh, is going to entail for them. So when we come back, we'll just talk about that. All right, so our final segment today, we're going to talk about the NFL. And as, as one of the main things here is that Roger Goodell hopes that coaches will be available to return to their team practice facilities this week. Um, he said in a um, on Thursday, he said Thursday following an owner's conference call that that the virtual offseason is being extended for two more weeks in a memo sent by 32 teams and was, it was obtained by the Associated Press. He outlined the next phase of reopening the club facilities, which can begin today. We can expect that next that this week, uh, this is this is on Thursday, so I'll say I'll try and change it as best as I can. Clubs will be permitted to include members of their coaching staff among the employees permitted to resume work in the club facility. Goodell wrote, "We are actively working with governors and other state and local authorities in those states that have not yet announced definite plans, and will confirm the precise date on which coaches can return to the facility as soon as possible." Ticket offices, retail shops, and other customer-facing facilities that comply with state and local regulation can open with employees counting the current maximum number of employees. No more than 50% of staff on, and not to concede 75 persons are allowed. As for following players to return other than those undergoing rehab who are currently allowed in sports complexes, Goodell added, we're also continuing to work with the NFLPA on developing protocols that will allow at least some players to return to the facilities on a limited basis prior to the conclusion of the offseason program. NFL players tabled a proposal that that would have offered a 4th and 15 play as an alternative to onside kick. They approved testing, expanding use of video replay in the preseason to aid in officiating. Atlanta Falcons president Rich McKay said there are more clubs receptive to the onside kick alternative than in the past, and it, and, it, and it will be further explored. There are lots of really good questions about the impact and in, uh, in the nuances such a change would involve, McKay said. This is the longest discussion. I imagine 20 to 30 minutes on that. We ended up uh, tabling it before taking a pulse on where a team stood on it. We'll bring it back to some point. So, Actually, I, I saw a stat about the onside kick and how like ineffective it was over the past few years. The success rate on it, I think, is like less than 2%. Within the past few years, to only like 2% of on onside kicks actually worked. 
which is why they really want to change this rule. Because, you know, you think the onside kick could at least give you some help. It does not. It gives you help uh, out of rarity, per se. The 32 owners also increased the number of players who may be designated for return from injury from the injury list uh, during a season from two to three. Also, pass was making permanent the expansion the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers uh, negated by a foul and any successful or unsuccessful extra points. The competition committee recommend uh, uh, the competition committee's recommendation to expand defenseless player protection to a kickoff or punt returner who is in possession of the ball but has not had time to avoid or ward off contact from an opponent was also approved. McKay said sex incidents on punt returns were rare but were enough to give us to that gave us a uh, gave us concern. Another improved recommendation stops teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls uh, while the clock is running. An issue that came up several times in 2019 including during the postseason. Using video replay for pass interference calls was dropped after a one-year experiment that led to much more uncertainty than, clar- uh, than clarity. Many people in the league cited the presence of too much uh, subjectivity in reviews. Tabled was the proposal uh, to have a booth judge serve as the eighth official on each crew and calls for reviews on certain plays. The league will experiment with the with additional review options during the preseason uh, as requested by the referee uh, to replay assistant. Uh, we thought that we could do it in the preseason. Uh, this test allows for a ref to have communication with the replay system. McKay explained, "We have always allowed the, that communicate uh, that communication, and now we are uh, there are more areas given to seek consultation. Uh, we always like that idea." Uh, the preseason is scheduled to begin on August six with the Pro Football Hall of Fame game between Pittsburgh and Dallas. It, it it's an uncertainty as the as is the NFL's regular season because of the coronavirus pandemic. But league has stated it plans to play every everything as scheduled while making contingency plans that would include no fans at games, moving or delaying games. Also on Thursday, the NFL revamped the officiating department. Al, Riv- Al uh, Riveron, who has been overseeing the office, will lead will lead the league's replay uh, review process. Former coach Perry, Perry uh, Fuel, uh, will handle the day-to-day operations, including outreach to the league's head, uh, head coaches and general managers. Walt Anderson, a 24-year on-field official, becomes a senior vice president at the charge of game officials, including enhancing training and performance evaluator, uh, evaluations, scouting, recruitment, and development of officials. Uh, all will report uh, to football operations chief, Troy Vincent. Our intentions is to implement meaningful improvements to the game and uh, officiating, Vincent said, and we'll continue to make every effort to improve officiating, pursue, uh, pursue, and pursue officiating excellence. Loosen rules on broadcast windows for Sunday's afternoon. Also, uh, four times in 2020, a network that that is broadcasting a doubleheader will be allowed to show both games in a market where a team is at home on another network. In 2019, that only happened twice. So. More more broadcast options for multiple networks, per se, for that. Uh, the big thing about this, and I'm sure a lot of you, when I read it, were like, why is he not stopping? Why is he not stopping? I'm not. They're, they're taking out the, 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 the challenge option, basically, for pass interference. We all know how this started in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Rams versus Saints two years ago when... A clear as day 
pass interference call happened. Did not call it. The Rams move on to the Super Bowl. Lost to the Patriots and what might be the Patriots. Be, I know they lost, but it might have been the all-time worst Super Bowl game for the Patriots. I know they've lost a few, but I just thought like the game was ten to three. It was the most. The, let's just, okay. Let's not with. Let's not. Let's go with the most boring Super Bowl game the Pats have ever been in. There you go. The most boring game. All right. Um. That's and they only had it for a one year experiment. That's huge. How they did not continue that. Because like I said, there's more confusion than clarity that were, yes, because a lot of people, you know, it's it's the same thing with, you know, goal interference. And I don't know, I, I understand why they're taking it out, but I also don't understand why they just keep it in. I mean, it is the same for, you know, the NHL and the goal interference. Like what is goal interference? What is not? Uh, you know, is, is goalie having one foot outside the blue paint? mean he's free game therefore you can't come in contact with him you know it was the same thing that kind of happened over this year and in uh you know the the pass interference you know what is pass interference you know what is the rule directly and there was you know calls that were somewhat like uh you know not saying this the foot here we're not like they, they just had like the same uh, uh, seesaw you know uh, responses like is it this well no it's this no that's not it. it's this they're just going back and forth of what is the right call for pass interference so i could see why they're removing it but i i'm sure now with that call and now the pass interference i feel like the refs now are going to be more uh intuitive to you know recognize pass interference and what it was because that call that was pretty bad of a call i i that was might be one of the worst calls ever in NFL history. Uh, some people can say so, especially Saints fans can say that. Uh, but you know, I'm sure now the refs will be more, you know, focused on, you know, making that right call, making sure that call never happens again because you don't want to be called out for another bad call you, you know, that's made in the past or whatever, you know. So it'll be exciting to see. It, it will not. We'll, we'll see how that all plays out. It, it will be exciting to see. Uh, but we'll all have to wait and see about how it all plays out. All right. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to have my closing. And we are going to see if I miss anything within this hour that I was doing my podcast. Hour plus now, eh? Hold on. Let's see. Oh, no. About an hour or so. Or, yeah. I've been over an hour now. All right. So we'll be back with that. All right, so after just doing a little bit of research there on Twitter and on you know their sports apps, I um, I couldn't find much over this hour. So sadly, this is where the episode ends. So I'd like to thank you guys all for listening to this episode of uh, the Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, what whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Stitcher, uh, Stitcher, sorry, oh geez. Uh, Breaker, wherever you're listening, or even here on Anchor, I'd like to thank you. If you want to listen here on Anchor, you want to go to the main site of where this podcast is on, uh, look up on your uh, search engine, anchor.fm forward slash podcast um, sports talk. It'll bring you to the page here, uh, the, the home page here on Anchor, and you can see all the past episodes that I've done here on Anchor. 
you could also do it on your on whatever app you're using. Spotify. I know Spotify. It shows all the latest past episodes. So if you want to go there, go there. So once again, guys, I thank you all for, all for watching or listening. Sorry, not watching. My name is Adam Zucala. I hope everyone stays safe out there. We're in tough times right now. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay indoors. Uh, do your part to stop the spread of COVID-19 so we can get sports back and get back to normal life just in general. All right. Thank you guys all for listening. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Peace.